Hello, and welcome to another episode of Solidarity, the Singleness Podcast, where even if you are alone, you're not really alone. I'm this podcast's host, Bridget G. I edit and post the thing. It's Bridget G, Bridget G, Bridget G. Um, (laughs) And why is that? I'll tell you later. This episode is going to be about imposter syndrome, but I wanted to give you a quick update about my dating life. I want you to know that never is my absence on this podcast, as in my absence posting for a long time, any indication that I am no longer single. If you want to know if I'm single or not when I haven't posted for a long time, you just need to follow me on Instagram at the Bridget G. Because when I get into a relationship, the world will know. But I have never been in a relationship in these here times on this here internet. The last time I was in a relationship was 2010. And if you've read my book, you know, believe me, I've tried. So all that to say is that I am still single. And that's the best update I have you since the last episode. But I'm also happy. You don't have to be bummed for me. (laughs) I've only been on one date this year and it was it was a good date. I just really don't think we were a match. Um, I got immediately friend zoned if you can, you know, call it that. But (laughs) it was it was for the better because eventually it would have turned into that as it was. Anyway, I think that something I want to encourage us all to do is learn how to be present with people's authentic lives and experiences as they are in the moment. Um, And for us to like trust each other more, like the stories each other tell. I know I'm speaking in an ideal world where people are telling the truth to themselves and others, but I can speak for me. And I think after nearly 34 years of this life and a lot of it being single. In fact, the last third of it, I've been single. I, yeah, I feel like I know myself and I feel like I know what I want and what I'm looking for. And it's only gotten more specific, to be honest. (laughs) If I, if 33 year old me told 20 year old me, you know, actually, you're going to still be single by the time you're 33 and this is what you're looking for then, I would have been like, whoa, on both accounts. Um, Mainly because I didn't have so many things I wanted in a spouse when I was 20. Um, I was also 20 in 2010, like I think I said. But in 2010, you know, I would have married a Republican, a Democrat. I just wanted him to love Jesus and be funny. And I probably also wanted him to be like intelligent and kind. But I think in some ways I was willing to settle for more back then, even when I was a little bit more um, evangelical than I am now. Uh, This episode isn't really necessarily meant to be that spiritual or religious, but I do think it's of the stuff of life. And I think although people do change and although there are late bloomers, um, I don't change that much, but I do change a little bit over time, ever so slightly. 
And so there's a lot of things that I've had to unlearn and a lot of things that I've deconstructed in the faith that I grew up in and a lot of things that I'm still changing my mind on or learning new things, learning different things that I don't feel ready to share here. And part of it is my imposter syndrome. So let's just start talking about that. Like I said, hopefully this is a short episode because it's just me, babies. I, week before last, had this awful bout of imposter syndrome. Actually, it was last week. It really spiraled me into like a lot of deep emotions. Part of it is that I was just, I've been stressed out. Things have been so busy. I've, I've had a hard time. Sometimes we go through that, right? Especially single people. You're only relying on yourself and your own income and the 24 hours in a day that you have where you're supposed to eat. eat? Yeah, you're supposed to eat three times a day and sleep eight hours and exercise. Like what? That's too many things to do um, on top of having a job. And somehow I got myself into this world where I have a podcast and I wrote a book on singleness and there's just endless opportunities for the ways that I can engage with my audience and my people and my networks. Um, I could have done this all differently, right? But I think I really needed to have this really crucial moment um, last week. I don't think it really was week before last. But I was comparing myself to one of my peers who has a podcast and does a lot of really cool work and we're the same age and um, they talk about some really cool things and I don't know. I just, I'm always jealous of them, honestly, because they're doing such good work and so many people follow along and listen in and the work they do is different. Their skill set is different and how they got into it is very different. Like there's so much difference that it's not even worth comparing. I think I was mainly comparing off of age and then results. And yeah, I just started to spiral. I'm like, what am I doing here? Why did I do this? Why did I get myself into this mess of having to promote my book, which is my story? And it's, it's embarrassing. And that I just have this feeling that everyone thinks, why did she do this? And you know, don't get me wrong. I've had people say some awful things to me in general, uh, in the process of this book coming out, um, people who have their own insecurities and they project them onto me, friends who haven't been as supportive as I like thought they might be. Um, so there's been a lot of things that I've had that are real that I've had to navigate and try not to let them impact me as deeply as they might But for the most part, during this episode of um, imposter syndrome, really what was happening for me was that I was being blinded by my idea of having to be someone else that I couldn't even see what I did have. Because this loop in my head was saying, no one actually appreciates you and what you have to offer, Bridget. No one even knows you exist. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what an evil voice this is in my head, right? Um, the biggest bully is the imposter syndrome. And what's true about me in 
having developed the ways that the Enneagram two wing three describes where I just want to be appreciated. I want to be loved. I want to be acknowledged. Um, I want to be seen as successful. I start to develop this picture that's actually out of line with who my authentic self is. That if I had the follower count and book sales and people just constantly asking me to be on their podcasts and speak at, you know, churches and events, then somehow that would mean that I was appreciated and loved and thought of and acknowledged and considered successful. And I've probably mentioned some of these things before where it's like, what I do have, I actually probably am considered successful. In fact, the people that know me the best and love me the most, they consider me really successful. And isn't that who it should count with, right? It's crazy that I even have many people like that in my life. And it's their opinion that counts when it counts. I don't even think it always counts. <laughs> I think, though, that having sort of this emotional breakdown served a really good purpose for me because I was thinking, okay, if I have a huge following, more of my books will sell. Maybe I won't be in such a like precarious financial position and maybe it will help me have the exposure that I think I deserve and my book deserves, you know? And so you're just really telling yourself these things. But then I started to think, oh my gosh, I'm literally making up a whole nother job for myself. If I had the following and I had the attention and the appreciation that I was thinking I wished I had, I would have no time for the life that I'm living. I would work and then I would work on all my book stuff. I would work on content. And I am not a girl who likes to sit at her computer for a long time unless it's to watch a TV show. <laughs> and that's just, I, you know, life, life deserves balance. And if I can be outside, that's where I'm going to be. And I can also do a, a mean binge watching. Not that I'm saying that that's like cool or kosher. I need to cut these habits out. But what I am saying is that to sit at my chair to do work that doesn't involve interacting with people, that is like death to me. Even sitting here recording this podcast, like in some in, in some way, I would say, I'm like, oh, I'm interacting with you all listening. I don't know who you are. Some of you will say to me, you know, in the next couple of weeks, maybe, oh, Bridget, I listened to that episode and here's what I think about it. Uh, I just know that when I'm recording this, I know that there are people there listening. But I think that we can let imposter syndrome be a really good tool in the midst of how chaotic it feels because I pumped the brakes for myself and just let myself admit more than success or notoriety, more than just appreciation. I just want real love. And I don't just mean romantically. I think that's why my singleness had such a heavy bearing on my soul for so long is that I poured all this desire to be loved into that idea that I would be in a relationship someday and then this problem would go away. But it's not going to go away. 
I am a vacuum. Give me love. I will suck it right up. Um, and I want love in all its forms, you know? And I think that I'm greedy for it. <laughs> and I think that that's human. I think I was made that way. And I actually think a lot of you are made that way, but you're built different. Um, so you're not as desperate to be loved at every corner. I think, though, that some of this love needs to come from myself in that I love myself in the way that my creator loves me, um, top to bottom, every cell, every breath and heartbeat, um, the funny quirks, the preferences, the silliness, the capacity, like my weakness too, that I would just be tender with myself and love myself, um, take care of myself, you know. And so like in a lot of ways, I psychologically have chosen not to live the kind of life that I think measures success in my world. I have decided not to spend copious amounts of time making extra content. I have decided to be present in like my physical life, whether that's me just making sure I go to the gym and work out six times a week because that feels so good for me or making a meal and keeping my house clean um, spending time with friends, that's like my favorite thing to do is spend time with friends, especially in this downtime when I'm not traveling and doing the work that I love and in person with people. It's not like I have all this extra time to give to creating like a whole side career for myself, you know? So anyway, this is me sort of self-coaching, but I wanted to encourage you all that if you are having imposter syndrome, like that you should be somewhere where you're not. Um, maybe not. A book, a resource that I love that one of my therapists in the past gave me is called um, Finding Your Own North Star. And it talks a lot about how our bodies, like the somatic experience we have, so like the feeling, right, in our bodies experience we have, it, it tells us a lot about what's really going on in our minds and our emotions. Um, I'm not in tune with my emotions as I should be, even though I'm such a feeler. I think that I use my mind to really think through things and rather than sit with my emotions. And I do think that this moment when I was kind of having a breakdown about and big heavy feelings about how I'm spending my time and what I'm doing with my life and how am I, how come I'm not that successful? No one cares about me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know, I just feel it. Just cry. Because at first I didn't know why the heck I was crying so, so much, you know. I was like, what is going on with you, Bridget? But I let it happen. Um, I didn't try to like intellect it away or whatever. <laughs> but I do think that our emotions and our body tells us something about what we really want. Because you'll be avoiding people and conversations and activities that you don't want to do even if you don't know why and can't express it in words right I've had friends avoid me or avoid talking about certain things with me because they don't know how to and they have a lot of like fears and feelings about it um that honestly have nothing to do with me right like that's their business but that happens even with activities like I'll have really lazy weeks of work where I like get 
done what I was supposed to get done, but nothing more. Like my motivation goes out the window and I basically just want to do anything and everything else but the boring, like I said, computer busy work um, of my job that I'm like, well, I can do that later when I'm feeling the motivation. And for my job that I can afford that, right? And I'm sure a lot of office jobs can be like that too, where you just sit there at your desk. Um, But I implore you, like get up and go on a walk, please. If that's available to you. (laughs) Anyway, in Finding Your Own North Star, the author Martha Beck, she helps you recognize that those patterns that you have when you avoid things and when you're running away from things, when there's things that you don't actually want that you think you want um, or like relationships that you're in that you shouldn't be in. And it's, it's brilliant. I highly recommend, I think everyone should get a copy and go through it because it acts as like a bit of a workbook. I actually wish it was like, it was printed like a workbook rather than like, you know, a regular book. Um, and I haven't even finished the thing. Like I go through it every so often and every time it's very enlightening. And yeah, she just uses like um, psychology and like coaching methods to talk through why we are the way we are and why we do what we do. I'm pretty sure she does like a lot of career coaching too. So I think if I had sat down with her last week, she would have said, do you want that? Do you actually want a follower count that that's high? Do you want the responsibility that comes with it? Do you want to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G in order to get the things you think you're supposed to be getting? And my answer would have been no. (laughs) I just want to be loved. And I think that whole experience in some ways like let me off the hook for a lot of pressure I was putting on myself. And that it's still just my job to keep enjoying life and enjoying what I'm doing and, you know, stoking the passion that I have for all of this. So I wanted to share that with you. That's what imposter syndrome has done for me other than make me spiral. (laughs) It turned into something really productive to like realign me with my authentic self and my values, which... I'm this kind of influencer, but I don't think I'll ever be the kind that has a huge platform, partially because I cannot put the work into it, nor do I want to. And maybe I'm just not the type of people or person that people want to follow at that big of a scale. And like, honestly, I'm okay with that because I do not need to be under the eyes and scrutiny of (laughs) many, you know? So anyway, there's my sharing I hope it helped you think about any times you ever have imposter syndrome. I guess my most basic question is, what do you really want when you think that you're an imposter? What is it you're really trying to go after? And what do you really want at the at the base of it all? And I don't have an answer for you of what that could be, but for me, it's just love. So from the abundance of love I have in my life, which I took stock of, it's plenty My best friend lives next door and I could like literally go vent to her, which I did that same night. Um, (laughs) I have access to the love that I want and you have access to the things that you want, even if it doesn't come in the form that you want it. Thanks for listening. Hope to engage with you again soon.